0: This is Smash Mouth Richie Taylor. This is First Class Jet Rooker. This is Tony totally
1: one half of the National Classics. This is Tyson Baxter. This is Royce Chambers. Hey, this is one half of the MCW Tag Team Champions, Mitch Waterman here. And you're listening. And you're listening. And you're listening, and you're listening to MCWY. 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 MCWY.
2: Welcome to MCWY, the official podcast of Melbourne City Wrestling, where we take you backstage, we take you inside the minds of your favourite MCW wrestlers. My name's Simon Tackler, my co-host Nims Azor. Nims, we've got a massive show lined up this week. We really do. I was trying to think what the opposite of... Well, not opposite, but what's
1: the correct term? Because we can't call our next guest a founding father of MCW, but she is very much one of the pillars of MCW. I am, of course, talking about Kellyanne, because... I think you'd be hard-pressed to find if you were putting together a best of MCW women's compilation, a match that Kellyanne was not involved in or didn't have her fingerprints in it.
2: Yeah, a real building block of the MCW and Australian women's division in general. You know, she's helped take it to another level. She's taking her career to the global stage very soon. She's had so many classic matches in MCW. She's had such a storied and varied career for someone of her age. She is, you know, a young veteran She's got an interesting story with so many different inspirations from different facets of her life. It's a really fun interview and we've got some great fan interaction too. A lot of fan questions coming from you. So keep them coming as well for all future episodes. Just use the hashtag MCW on the socials. She's helped take women's wrestling in this country to the next level. And the next level for her is going to be taking her talents onto the global stage as one of Ring of Honor's newest signees I'm talking, of course, of Callie-Anne. callie welcome to MCW Wired.
0: Hello, everyone. I thought I'd whisper to just bring it down a notch. No, hello. <laughs> thank you for that amazing introduction. That's very nice of you. Um, thank you. It's a beautiful Sunday and I'm ready to talk wrestling.
1: You talk about us giving you a good introduction. For a lot of MCW newcomers, you were the introduction to how good of women's talent we have in this country because <laughs> oh. MCW 100 I think was one of the, the first major shows that I went to because yeah. obviously it was a very big show and you of took course. on Madison Eagles there yeah. and w- for for years and years you know the stigma's always sort of been oh the the divas slash women's matches there the the bathroom breaks or whatever but yeah. after that match it was just like damn these girls can go and then yeah it it, uh, it was a good thing they started putting intermissions in MCW shows because. The girls' matches are just as main event as uh, the guys' ones. What, what do you? How's your reaction when you sort of think that? Oh, damn, we're not just like a a filler, quote unquote. Yeah, but we're a good chunk of this show.
0: I think for me, it was it started with the feud I had with Evie. I think that we really pushed the limits when it came to storylines with women because you'll find in a lot of companies the only way a female can get heat is by being the bitchy hill or whatnot. We wanted to make it much more deeper and personal. And um, I think what was good um, was we were so different. And for the, for the crowd, it was the first time that there was a feud that wasn't just built around who's a better wrestler, blah, 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 shit like that. Like we, we wanted it to be special and after that storyline i think mcw and a lot of other companies realized that the women are just as good as the men and there's not really a difference and um you know with mcw i think that if anything sometimes the women are more of a draw than the men um and yeah it just uh it's been amazing to be you know, main eventing shows and stuff. And for me, I've never just competed against the women. Um, I don't only want to be the best female. Like, I want to be the best wrestler. And in places like MCW, they allowed us to be one of the boys and to be on the same level as them. So, yeah, I think um, there's going to be much more female main events there, (laughs) especially if I'm there.
2: Well, if we're talking about that feud, arguably the biggest match of that feud last woman standing in 2016 thornbury theater yeah it's gone on to become not only a legendary match but almost yeah really the match that sort of helped put mcw on the map for a lot of people Mm. moving forward Mm -hmm. talk to us about that match for people Mm -hmm. who might not have seen it seen it obviously mcw has grown in the subsequent years but that match especially what did it do for your career evie's career and mcw (sighs) as a whole
0: well (sighs) I can take you guys back a little bit my coming into MCW started actually in 2013 and that was it was owned by other people at the time and there was a wrestler named Ryan Rollins who is now Australia Australian suicide in Mexico he was my boyfriend at the time anyways the there was a, a lot of uh, politics in wrestling surprise <laughs> and I wasn't allowed to be on the show Um, so for years I would sit in the crowd and I'd just watch and, you know, it would kill me, uh, on Broderick's last show, he got on the microphone in front of the crowd and said, that person sitting over there is one of the best female wrestlers in this country, but no one knows that because they won't use her. And after that, I spent a lot of my time watching MCW and I felt so angry watching these shows and then when I remember seeing Evie and Kelly Skater and I was friends with them at the time and I remember watching them and it was so hard to sit in that crowd and not be a part of the show and I knew that what I could do there would be special especially with someone like Evie as well and two of the promoters that are still there today they went out on a limb for me and sacrificed themselves to put me on MCW, which was huge. So I knew what I did there had to be special. So my debut, you know, out of nowhere, five years later, jumping Kelly Skater and Evie, when they said that, you know, we want you to work with Evie, I was so excited. And it really, really took off from there, especially for me being in the ring with someone that was, Just as skilled because she grew up training with guys too, as did I. It was never about, you know, uh, like what can we do just to get through the match? It was what can we do to push this? What can we do to, you know, be just as good as the men? It wasn't about watching female matches. We were watching the hardcore matches and we were sending each other stuff, you know. And after that whole match, the big blow off match, it really opened a lot up for me and Evie because it pushed us past our comfort level. So since that match, you know, I've always tried to push it just that little bit more. Yeah.
1: It's interesting you mentioned like your rivalry with uh, Evie because yeah. a couple of, uh, in the ladies, you know, in, in I like to call it the Thornbury Theatre era because that's when I sort of got and yeah. uh, jumped on board MCW. Uh, your matches with like Indy Hartwell and things yeah. like that, the next sort of crop mm. that are now also making their mark, not just here in Australia, but have done it globally and yeah. stuff like that. With seeing what Evie was able to do to you, is that what you sort of had the mindset of trying to, okay, if, if that feud did this for me, mm-hmm. maybe a feud with me and, say, Indy can yes. take her to the next sort of level yep. and sort of pay it forward a little bit?
0: Absolutely. I think working with someone like Avery especially, I really enjoyed because I felt like for her, she never had, like before she came to MCW, there wasn't really anyone to lead her or help her out in wrestling in matches so when I first got to work with her I could tell that she was a little unconfident but when you go no actually like you are good at this like this is what is good this is good and seeing her light up after you know a match with her it was that's what made it a part of it and it reminded me of the people that did that for me as well so yeah it I hope that I'm a part of that journey, you know? I had Indy's first match, I was her first match ever, you know, and it was so cool. And then, you know, to send her off, I didn't get to send her off, but it was nice. You know, it's really nice to see that. It's never any like bitterness, anything like that. It is really nice to see it, yeah.
2: Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It is time to gear up and get yourself the gift
1: of shaving this holiday season. I am talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Long gone are the days where you struggle with different razors or trimmers or stuff like that. I mean, it's dangerous. It is dangerous and a sensitive area. That is why Manscaped is here to help out with the
2: fantastic Perfect Package 3.0. Oh, that's right. They've got the right tools for the job. That's why this revolutionary company, Manscaped, has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 3.0 has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, so this trimmer cuts on your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower, which I know saves so much hassle with the cleanup. The Lawn Mower 3.0 comes inside their brand-new Perfect Package 3.0, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut-free, and smelling nice down there. Don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on
1: your balls. That's just nasty, guys. Come on. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. I mean, you already put deodorant on your armpits. Why aren't you not putting it on the smelliest part of your body? And yes, your balls stink. Speaking of sweaty and stinky balls, I am thankful for their Crop Reviver. This product, along with the Crop Preserver, keeps your balls from sweating, smelling, and sticking. And these products smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood, if you know what I mean.
2: The perfect package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxes that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxes to Manscaped's high-performance anti-chaping boxes, and I will tell you from experience... These are the absolute most comfortable boxes that I own. It is really the Rolls Royce of
1: boxer shorts. It's the season, tis the season to Manscaped. So get yourself, your dad, your brother, and your friends, the best gift of all, the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. You get 20% off plus free shipping with the code MCW21 at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you.
2: Now, we're sort of discussing this... um sort of veteran stage of your career, where you're interacting with younger talents and everybody's going on to bigger things as a group. But if we rewind it to the start of the journey, for you growing up, before you entered the business, what sort of inspired you to get involved as a fan maybe? What was your first memory of wrestling?
0: Well, all my childhood memories revolve around wrestling. Everything good for me back then was wrestling. So I first found out about wrestling when I was maybe seven. Um, and that was through video games with my brother. And I remember one day he brought home, um, I think it was shut your mouth or know your roles. I think it was know your role. And I saw Lita and I pronounced her name as litter because I didn't know we didn't have TV. Like I didn't know. <laughs> uh, and I fell in love. I was obsessed. And then I saw road dog and I fell in love with road dog. <laughs> I don't know why like, you're really looking back, but um, the rock, especially like a huge inspiration of mine. Um, and then I was obsessed with this game and then it, you know, once we um, had video easy down the road, I would go down there and rent all the pay-per-views, everything like that. So from the age of seven onwards, that was it. I was obsessed. Everything I did revolved around wrestling. um, And it wasn't until the age of 13 where I found a place to train and lied about my age, but (laughs) you know um, yeah. So it's, it's always been a part of my life and it's always weird for me speaking to people that got into wrestling later on in their life, you know, because I don't think if I discovered it at this age now, there is probably, I wouldn't have gone into it as a career because back then it was so special. And like, I'm sure you guys can relate judging by the posters, like that era was so special to us and that's what made us, you know, the wrestlers we are today. So yeah, it, it started a long time ago and uh, I'm pretty happy so far, but yeah,
1: it's funny you mentioned that. Yeah, because like you're right, it is very much of uh, you know people like our vintage to, mm. to to sort of have that you know go down to your civic video and even exactly. though it could be 2002, you're still watching yeah. Bash the Beach 1994 because <laughs> that's the only video that's there. So, oh, dude. So now yeah, you've got this love for wrestling, but it seems like such a world away. Like, yeah, even just to you know wrestle outside of the state probably would have seen like a.
0: Oh man, dude, like when I first got into wrestling, I had no idea that wrestling existed in Australia. I had no idea. I thought I had to go to America and, you know, and yeah, like you said, my first interstate show, I was 15, I think. And we drove 12 hours to wrestle in front of three people in Sydney three people you know and I didn't get paid (laughs) you know so it's like I had this journey and there's so many more stories like that that are just ridiculous and I feel bad for the people that come into it now because I don't think that they get those experiences that we had because now it's all social media and you can get booked just by doing a cool photo or doing something like that. Back then you know, you had to be good and you had to know how to talk to people and represent yourself, you know. So it was a crazy journey. Yeah.
2: Well, that's interesting. In saying that, because that's sort of, you know, all you knew at the time, there wasn't that really massive social media impact where you could sort of get a skewed view of what things could be like. But was there any point that you felt deterred and thought, oh, wow, this is really tough. Three people in the crowd have driven 12 hours. Or because Um, (laughs) that's all you knew, did you just stick with it?
0: I stuck with it. It was never – the people that I came into wrestling with, we all had the same passion. And my mentors were people like Cracker Jack, Mad Dog. And, you know, they were so tough and they still are. And I looked up to them and I wanted to be them, you know. I wanted those stories. I wanted to be the salty, you know, roughed-up vet. So I jumped at these experiences. I jumped at being kidnapped by Teddy Hart. You know, I jumped at, you know, being held at gunpoint in Mexico, all this crazy shit. But if I didn't go through any of that, I definitely wouldn't be the person I am or the performer that I am.
1: Your next step is obviously, uh, making that dream and going overseas and yeah. signed by ring of honor and congratulations. It was a real thrill to sort of see at the start of 2020, you know, yeah. yourself, Slex and Brooksy who yeah. are real three pillars of MCW. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit bittersweet because we're just like, oh, damn, you know, it might yeah. be, might be a bit hard to get from Thornbury to uh, wherever <laughs> they're doing an ROH show, but making that leap to ring of honor and actually mm. seeing, because as you sort of mentioned, like, For guys like us and girls like yourself, WWE was always a thing. It's always WWE, Mm -hmm. WWE this, WWE that, which Mm -hmm. is fine. They're the the world's biggest company. But when you open your eyes and think, hang on a second, there's Shimmer, there's Stardom, there's Impact, there's all these other places, all of which have got incredible storied histories. When you see the fabric of Ring of Honor and some of of the great names that have come through there and some of the great names that are still there, Mm -hmm. does that sort of give you a hit list of right? Right. Here's what Uh, what we need to do when I get there.
0: (laughs) Dude, like the, at the time when I actually got signed, it was, I don't, I'm not a real strong believer in fate or anything like that, but I was so close to just quitting because I had had maybe, I've had two tryouts with WWE now and each time I got better and each time I proved myself and I'm like, what more do I have to do? It was so disheartening, you know, especially the last one. You know, I just, I don't want anyone to feel like that. And I wish that I realized a lot more, a lot earlier that I didn't want to be in WWE because I know now that I know myself now, I wouldn't fit in there. It's not me in any way. So to be contacted by Ring of Honor and this is, you know, I would contact Ring of Honor every time I went to America, but I never got a response and it wasn't until I actually started emailing them that I realized I was emailing the wrong effing email. Like for the, it, Oh, I don't even know. I don't know how I did that. Anyway. So I get, I get, I get contacted and I couldn't believe it. And I, I, I almost teared up and I was just in shock because it was like, wow, I like, this is actually where, like, this is where it happens. This is where it actually begins. Like everything now has just been a big buildup to this and then Corona. <laughs> So I've got so much I want to do and I think I'm trying to find my way of building myself up before I get there with the promos and everything like that. And I think being signed alongside with Adam and Slex, like it's a shame for MCW, but I think it's going to help MCW and it's going to help Australia because I don't want to sound like a a dick or anything. This is my personal thing. I don't think it's special to get signed by WWE anymore. I think every Tom, Dick and Jose is getting signed. And to be signed by Ring of Honor, it's something to me growing up, you know, watching the Briscoes especially, I couldn't believe it. And I still can't. And it's not real yet because I haven't experienced it when I'm backstage though with those guys rubbing shoulders. Like that's when it's real to me. So, until then, it's kind of like, oh, like that's a cool dream. like ooh. <laughs> but, I, yeah, I just can't wait to actually get there, you know.
2: I think a lot of people, especially when Ring of Honor really started to gain momentum in the early 2000s, we yeah. can all name a million classic matches. And like mm-hmm. we said, all the stars who have passed through there and made their impact there. For you, when you think Ring of Honor, what comes to mind? Is there a match or a wrestler that you think, okay, that's the person who Find I want to Sarah be like? Del Rey. Like? Okay. Of Sarah
0: Delray. I think when I first saw Sarah wrestle, it was the first time that I saw someone other than Lita that I loved. And I mean and that's special because Lita was a character that I was in love with. Sarah was the skill and the wrestling that I loved. And I watched a match, I think it was her and Daisy Hayes, and just the way that she commanded the ring and controlled it and She just wrestled like a man, you know, and I, like, since then, I I wanted to be Sarah Del Rey. I wanted to be the next Sarah Del Rey, and I was so lucky to have people like Madison around that made a, you know, a reality that you can be a respected wrestler and not be in WWE as a female. Like, you can. Um, And so, yeah, Sarah Del Rey definitely is a main inspiration of mine growing up watching ring of honor and of course the briscoes i just love them so much i think there's no one like them you can't replicate that so yeah
1: it's funny that you mentioned you know how wwe might not be the place for you because mm-hmm. you're right it's like there's no one size fits all for wrestlers like uh- Growing up as a Ring of Honor fan, Mm -hmm. I was a huge fan of Nigel McGuinness. Like absolutely Ah, loved him. The mere fact that a man could take an iron into a ring (laughs) was one of the greatest (laughs) things I've ever seen. So when he sort of went on to TNA to be Desmond Wolfe and stuff like that, I followed him as well. But uh, what was really cool for, for a fan of Ring of Honor growing up was seeing on their social media, on the actual Ring of Honor website, on their socials, Slex, yeah, Rooksy, Kellyanne. It's just like it's almost like you went. Hang on, has someone hacked their page and put <laughs> Australians on there, or is this it was a real? Isn't
0: it? It's it so strange. strange. <laughs> it, it really was, and I think you know when we started bringing down internationals to Australia, it really opened it up, and people go, "Hang on, like these Aussies are better, you know, like than us, or if not just as good." Because every time I went to America and I do these you know, little indie shows, you were so thankful to come back to Australia. You, know, you didn't realise how good you had it here. And now people are realising that Australia is where all the good is at. So I don't think we're going to be the last. Like, and there's been plenty signed by WWE. So who knows?
2: Well, I think this is a good spot for it. We got a question on Twitter from Mm -hmm. Jimmy Mercury, and they've asked the differences between wrestling cultures in the US, Australia, and Europe. Ah. And we might as well throw in Mexico. You've been around the world. What are those differences in all the different regions?
0: Well, I think that Australia and America were quite similar. It wasn't a huge difference. Um, MCW was a little bit different because it is... The production value was a lot higher. But going to America, I would say it's a lot more relaxed almost. And because a lot of the wrestlers there do live off it, they can be super relaxed about shows. And being an international and going there, you want to be at your best all the time. You want to be there six hours early, you know? when your opponent's walking in 10 minutes before you match. So there was a lot of times where I was shocked and I would have to plan a match in three minutes. So with America, it was very much, it's just normal almost to them. It's not a big deal. You know, we'll, we'll put on these shows and you're just going to have to do it. And so I liked that, but it was also extremely horrible, like <laughs> horrible Europe. Um, Europe was still quite similar. Wrestling is similar pretty much everywhere. I would say WXW was very different though. And that's just purely because I was in Germany, they were talking a different language. They conduct themselves in a different way. The nature of German people are just different. And I loved the training in Europe because it was much more disciplined at WXW anyways. Um, UK was just like Melbourne. Uh, I, in fact, I was in Bethnal Green, which was pretty much just like walking down Fitzroy, like hipster central. (laughs) And then Mexico, well, that's just another world. I mean, (laughs) there was one story that I can tell where I was backstage and um, I just wrestled my first match in Mexico and it was all on the fly and I don't speak Spanish. So (laughs) anyways, so I'm backstage and Psychosis is there. We were living with him at the time. And he comes bounding towards me. I'm like, what's going on? And he goes past me and I look behind me and there was a wrestler. I'm not going to say his name had a needle full with steroids and he was going to inject me with them because that's just funny because that's a funny joke. So that was an eye opener of the different cultures. But I think, yeah, wrestling is pretty similar everywhere. It really is. And that's why it is a universal language is what we say because it is.
1: You've done some training with Lance Storm. Uh, unfortunately, Lance doesn't do that anymore, but uh, you're one of uh, many Australians that have uh, <laughs> been under his tutelage. Like for example, Nick, Nick Berry's been there yeah. um, to Neil as well. <laughs> but do you think it's important? Cause obviously the MCW Academy does some fantastic mm-hmm. sort of stuff and sort of gives you the great ground groundwork to be a professional wrestler, but yep. To make that jump to, say, if you want to wrestle in Japan or Mexico Mm -hmm. or something like that, how important was it to you to sort of have that international base and the the learnings of Lance Storm? How much did that help you out when you decided to, you know, venture outside of Australia?
0: It changed my life, not only in wrestling, just in general. I mean, before I went to Lance's, and it was—it's not me shitting on the company, uh, the training schools here, but they didn't have the experience of being a WWE wrestler, so it was just silly to me to not go there. And I never understood people's apprehension to going there, you know. Um, so for me, it was so important to learn under someone that had been where I wanted to be at that time. And we were so lucky because our class—we had me, Cassie, who's um, Peyton Royce, Broderick. Nick from Adelaide, and we had some other random Australian, which we've never seen before, I and mean, we haven't seen him since. It was really weird. Anyways, and we lived in this house, all of us, and it was just the best fun for three months. All we had to do was train, and that was it, you know. And learning that style, and then going from Canada to Mexico, learning lucha. I think it's so important because it teaches you to be versatile because there's a lot of times where you're working with people with different styles. Like if I worked Robbie Eagles, I want to know how to do everything. If I work someone that does ground-based mat wrestling, well, I want to know how to do that too. So it is so important to get a range of training, so important. And it doesn't just have to be wrestling training. Like you can go MMA. Like there's a wrestler named Gore that's coming up. He used to be a professional fighter. And that's horrifying and he looks horrifying (laughs) and he's Cracker Jack's brother. So, you know, like it's so important just to get inspiration outside of wrestling as well.
2: Well, that's interesting. We wanted to talk about that. The inspiration you've had in wrestling, of course, Mm -hmm. mentors like Landstorm, Cracker Jack, Mad Dog, and of course, traveling around the world, like you said, growing up playing the video games, but it feels like outside of wrestling, a big influence for you has been music mm-hmm. i think in the way you present yourself of course a little bit of misfits in there oh, yeah. um using bring me the horizon as your entrance yeah. theme for a while there how has music played a part in the way you sort of you know present yourself in the world of wrestling
0: yeah, like I grew up with with music. My mum was a single parent with them and she looked after me and my brother and a lot of our joy came from music and dancing and stuff, you know. So I've always had a good range of taste with music, but it wasn't until I was maybe uh, 16 that I came across The Misfits and I felt like I was like – I went through a rebellious stage, you know, and I thought I was emo. So I started opening myself up to all this like horror punk music, but – I realized it wasn't the mute, like just the music. It was the messages behind it. And for the misfits, you know, I, I never, I've never had many friends and I've never really fit in anywhere. So growing up and having that music, it really made me feel like I wasn't alone. And if anything, it helped me be comfortable being alone because it was like, yeah, I don't need anyone. Like I don't need friends. You know, I've got this, I've got that. So Yeah, a lot of my inspiration for my look especially is based from the Misfits. And, um, yeah, so they've been a huge inspiration of mine, but I like a lot of music, like a lot. So it's really hard to be like, Misfits is my favourite. I mean, I've got them tattooed on me, so I have to like them a bit. But, (laughs) you know, yeah, I just... Yeah, music's been very important for the inspiration behind my wrestling. And other than that, I watch a lot of movies and the characters that a lot of people like these days are the anti-hero or you know no one really likes the blue-eyed baby face people want the cool you know cool guy like for me Don Draper from the Mad Men his main character obsessed with and I've got a lot of ideas from him that no one would even know you know so yeah it's very important to find that inspiration
2: that's interesting not to get like too inside Mm -hmm. with how things work and whatnot but in all the years I've been attending the MCW shows, I've never really known, I think it's a good thing, is callie good or bad?
0: That's it. Because
2: you <laughs> seem to be able to flip, depend, just depending on who you're feuding with. Yeah. callie is wrestling somebody, and it's not necessarily about right or wrong or good no. or bad. No.
0: Look, when I was brought in, I was meant to be the bad person, and I loved doing that. But what happened was the crowd started liking that, and I didn't intentionally want that. So when that started happening, like happening, you can't con, you know, you can't control that. So naturally, I kind of just became a face. But I think what uh, a lot of problems that a lot of wrestlers run into now is that people actively try to be the cool heel, and when people do that, it makes it hard for people like me who are just being. You know, it's like, well, you know, I'm just trying to be a me as a character, and you're actively trying to basically take that from me you know so yeah it's it's very hard to be a bad guy these days you know it's very hard you have to be very careful with what you say you can't get cheap heat anymore you know you have to be intelligent so i personally would much rather be a hill and there's no doubt that that's probably what will happen because that's just me
2: <laughs> so
1: obviously that's a very complex sort of thing and hmm you've done some work with the upcoming students at the MCW Academy. I mean, yeah. how different is it when you go and say to a class or even do like a zoom promo class or something mm-hmm. with these, you know, and to, to not sound like an old man shouting at a cloud, but you know, these like young upstarts that have, I mean, they've got, all the resources they need at their hand. I mean, these days you can watch on a club. You can catch up on anything on Absolutely. the on, on the network, on YouTube. Yeah. Whereas it's not the days of head down to movie land and pray that they have a yeah, wrestling section exactly. there. So what's some of the stuff that you might tell anyone in that's coming up the MCW Academy? It's, a, you know, don't try to be something. Actually be more, I think, to yourself because that's what's worked for you.
0: That's it. I think what's most important is that people don't rush to get onto shows because when... People are put on shows too early before they actually know what it is they're doing or who they are. They become content at that level and they'll go, well, I've wrestled as this now Like, I'm not going to show up to training anymore, you know? And that happens a lot and it's not their fault. It's usually the promoter's fault. So like my main advice for women is wrestle like a man. Don't study just female wrestling don't like study the greats watch Kurt Angle you know open your mind up and stuff and also just I think and this is really recent for me I want people and I I can't force it but I want people to not rely on putting too much of themselves out there to gain fans like I don't I want people to like me because They like what I do. I don't want people to like me because I have the same beliefs as them or I have the same political side and whatnot. You know, like I want people to focus on performing because that's what we do. You know, we're there to entertain the crowd. We're not there to take things from the crowd. You know, I don't, yeah. So I think it's just very important for people to stay level headed, but it's so hard in such a social media driven industry at the moment so yeah i can't force anyone to do that and i always sound like a broken record and stuff but that's just the truth and my personal belief is that if you want to be good at something you will be good at it like you will just do everything you can to be good at it so yeah
2: well on the topic of the mcw academy who do you have your eye on if you can get in the ring with someone who is up and coming at an mcw show who stands out to you
0: To me, I'm going to say Chanel Phoenix. Um, And I say that because during this lockdown, she's gone out of her way to get in really good shape. And a lot of people have taken this time to sit there and maybe just chill out and whatever. But she's actually made a point to push. And when people get in that mindset, they can either do really well or they can self-destruct. But I personally believe that she's going to excel. And I hope that you know, once we come back to shows that I can get in the ring with her because I will destroy her. (laughs) but, uh, um, But yeah, no, I think she will definitely be good.
1: So if we were to maybe put together like a, a DVD box set of the best of Kellyanne, what's the front cover look like?
0: The front cover is a death match that I did when I was 14. <laughs> and it's me and Ryan Rowlands it's a mad dog and vixen in a factory. <laughs> and it's called The Trials and Tribulations of Kellyanne. <laughs> no, really. That is one of my favourite matches, believe it or not. Um, that would be the front cover because you know, it's just a part of me, and I've enjoyed it, and one of my favourite matches. But um, obviously, me versus Evie, um, absolutely Fools can anywhere. Uh, or was it Last Woman Standing? I Last think we got confused Standing. towards yeah. the end of the match. We're like, "What is this?" So this is what <laughs> we want. Um, I would then say, me versus Jessica Troy at Wrestling Go. Um, Jessica Troy is easily one of the most skilled wrestlers in all of Australia uh christ and then you know what i'm going to put down my match versus victoria lisa marie and the reason i say that is because it's victoria and i grew up idolizing her and she was one of the best people to work with um so there, all those matches they just to me, it reflects my career because you've got the dirtiness, then you've got the crispness with, you know, Jess and then all that. So, yeah, I would say those four random matches. Absolutely. <laughs> There's just so many matches though. Like you sit there and you try to think it's way too hard.
1: Yeah, I don't blame you for getting lost in your, your rivalry with Evie because it's mm. all like, what's the best meal I've ever had? Well, they're all yeah. bloody good and they've all fed me. So what do That's I do?
0: It. It's It's really <laughs> difficult. <laughs>
1: All right, Nims, should we get to some uh, fan questions here? I think we should because if, if we don't get through all of them, we'll have to
2: keep poor Kellyanne for another three <laughs> hours because there's a <laughs> lot I'll of do questions. Quick ones.
0: <laughs> all right, I'll do quick answers. <laughs> Rock and roll. Let's do
2: it. Cool. So we now turn to social media using the hashtag MCWY. We got a massive response this week. So we're going to try and get through some of these. This one's from StallionDuckX3. Cool. Uh,
1: Kellyanne, your favourite cartoon character and why?
0: Yeah, <laughs> oh, this has gotta be so lame. Honestly, my favorite is Marge Simpson. Couldn't <laughs> tell you why. Absolutely love her. I just think she's an absolute doll.
2: <laughs> just the level headedness of Marge. She keeps it all together. Maybe that's she's what She's super it is. chill, you yeah. know. She just deals yeah. with it all.
0: Yeah, sorry, no super cool anime characters. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And we got another one from Shadow Novak. This Mm -hmm. is good. What is the best feud slash rivalry you've had with another wrestler and how did it end?
0: Oh, I think we know that. Evie. And it ended in one of the best matches ever.
1: (laughs) Uh, Here's another one from Twitter. This one comes from uh, suplex underscore network. Is there any goals in pro wrestling you want to achieve still?
0: Any? Oh, I mean, look, I have my first match at Ring of Honor. (laughs) That would be good. That's a good start. So That's yeah. a
2: realistic one. Hopefully yeah. that is going to happen. That's a realistic
0: one. And then hopefully hold the Ring of Honor belt and defend it in Australia, you know?
2: Got yeah. this one here from at tut tut on Twitter. Have you any talents that we may not know? And do you have any superstitions? Two very different questions, but interesting. Yeah, they
0: are. Um, yeah, I'm very good at Photoshop. I used to do web design for fun. So I built a lot of websites when I was younger. So yeah, there's all that. Um, and superstitions, I'm extremely superstitious. Uh I believe in aliens. I believe in everything. I believe in all the conspiracies. And if I start talking about them, I'll get everyone in trouble. So yes, <laughs> I believe in a lot of things that I won't mention.
1: <laughs> Let's turn to the gram. Here's a fun one from Jason underscore nerd life. Hi Kelly. When you make your ROH debut, who do you want to face and why? Hope you're well.
0: Who do I want to i'm going to say angelina love and that's because i grew up watching her loving her loving the beautiful people and i just think that i could have a lot of fun with her there absolutely so yeah angelina
2: great answer there and we got this one from Jaden underscore kiwi what's your favorite misfits album
0: oh i'm gonna have to say famous monsters and i know everyone will go uh, but it really is i can't lie i can't pretend um and for me other than that the other album which is still misfit related is michael graves illusions album so yeah famous monsters
1: this one's from Matt Diamond Pro oh. on Instagram. Yeah, here we go. Please post your arm routine.
0: <laughs> oh, mate. I don't know. I do this. I put pick up everything, put them down, and here we are.
2: <laughs> and then on the flip side from, you know, the uh, workout routine to the video game routine, mm-hmm. at Ring the Bell, Ree yeah. has asked, talk about your wow specs.
0: Oh, dude. <laughs> she knows I have about 30 different characters, so I can't go through them all. But, um... I don't know. I'm playing a priest at the moment, Holy Priest Healer. I'm doing Mythic Sevens. You guys are probably like, what? <laughs> the Mythic Sevens. I'm really enjoying it. New talent's great. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so do video games help sort of like, you know, help you unwind when you're not in the ring? Is that an escape oh, for you?
0: Yeah. If I'm not wrestling on the weekend, I'm literally sitting here playing well. Like that's it. Um, always have. Started with RuneScape when I was in grade three Um, and then it's just love video games. I'm not a gamer girl, but like, you know, I literally (laughs) love video games.
1: Hey, one cool thing though, like Mm -hmm. on the topic of, on the topic of Ring of Honor, like I'm so glad that we're actually in an age where when you do have your matches there and when you're on ROH TV in australia we can still enjoy it we can still watch it we don't Absolutely. have to wait three months before it comes out in video here oh yeah Honor club does some great stuff there and mm-hmm. it's, it's it'll be like you never left here
0: I, I hope so like i love australia and my ideal goal is that i can still live here and wrestle there but i don't think that's going to be possible but you know like i want mcw to come up with ring of honor so if i can help that then i will
2: well, we look forward to seeing you on that global stage at Ring of Honor very soon. Until then, if people do want to sort of stay in touch with everything that you're doing, where can people follow you on social media?
0: Um, so on Instagram, it's KellyanneFiendClub. And then on Twitter, it's Kellyanne Fiend C couldn't fit lub. <laughs> and then Facebook is kellyanne fiend club um i don't respond to many messages though heads up and i don't like small talk, so I don't say hi how are you all right <laughs> No. <Nah. laughs> and no gym selfies all right
2: <laughs> all right well on that note kellyanne thank you so much for joining us thank this week guys. on MCWI. thank
0: you guys so much it was a lot of fun thank you
1: Man, I tell you, we could have gone for another hour just chatting to Kellyanne because there is just so much history. As As you mentioned at the start, Simon, she's still a young cat, barely even close to 30, which is insane considering how long that she's wrestled and the body of matches that she's put together. And hopefully, with uh, the world opening up, we can enjoy her work in Ring of Honor from years to come.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be really interesting to see what she can achieve and how far it all goes in Ring of Honor. And of course, check out everything she does when she gets there on a club. And also go back to the archives. If you jumped on the MCW train a little late, go back and see some of the classics Ann has had with so many of your favorite women's wrestlers, you know, who are now all around the world virtually. Mm Ann has crossed paths with so many different people. She's had an awesome career And uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another massive episode of MCW Wired. As we say, if you want to get involved, use the hashtag MCW Wired to get your question on the show. And, of course, you can subscribe pretty much everywhere to find the show. Yeah, very easy
1: to do so. We're on Spotify, Apple, Apple Podcasts. uh, And you can even just check us out in the socials. Make sure you do like MC or MCity Wrestling on Twitter. Same on Facebook, Instagram as well. It's the best place to stay up to date. And, as always, we do love the support of our friends at Manscaped. And just a quick reminder, with Christmas coming up, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code MC. MCW21 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code MCW21. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. But hey, look, we've got, even though 2020 is rapidly running out, we've
2: still got some pretty big names coming up before the end of the year wraps up. We sure do. We've got big names, some surprises. Before we get to the end of the year, we're going to cram in some more great MCW-wide content. (laughs) So stay tuned on the socials. For Nimzazor, I'm Simon Tackler. We'll see you next time.